Welcome to the Converge Community Church Podcast, where we provide for you the previous Sunday morning sermon. And now without further ado, may the Holy Spirit minister to your heart as you hear the preaching of God's Word. I often ask this question, there's a reason why I'm asking it today. How many of you have read uh, the passage um, that we're going to be studying today? You've read it already. Keep your hands up high so I can just get an idea of that one. Okay. How many of you would say that it's a pretty serious passage? Yeah. All right. So let me get some introduction. I'm actually not going to have a reader today. I usually do that, but I'm going to keep it, keep it all right here. Um, well, I'll just say this. Oh, for all my life, this has probably been one of the most troublesome passages. I remember the first time I read it when I was a youth. So, but I'll back out of that for a second. Uh, last, last week, Cindy and I were on vacation and, uh, we just had wonderful time talking. The main goal for this was really talking about this season of our life and what's this going to look like and a bunch of things that we don't have control over aging parents and 15 grandkids, one who was born the day before we left, which was awesome. Um, what, what's that mean for us in terms of different things, church and what, what goes on and all that. But it was, it was talking about this season, thinking about it. And, and for me also, Thinking about this passage was really um, uh, just serious for me um, with it. So, <clears throat> some of you know me for a long time. I mean, some there's very few of you go the back back to the youth pastor days. There's a couple of you. Um, there's some of you that have been with when I transitioned into lead pastor, you know, 23 years ago. Some of you, as far as this campus being just a little over 10 years old, that's when you first came in. You know, that's when we first met. And some of you, it's been, this year, been more recent. So here's what I say. I mean, things change along the way. Seasons change, but the Lord is faithful. Jesus will always, he is always faithful. That's what we just sang, actually. And he will be. And I am, I'm confident that our, some of our best days are ahead. And we're still part of this. You know, my role will change and all that. But I did, but I did think this way. This is my, you know, as I come into this final year, this is my last year as a senior pastor preaching this text. I thought about, I, I'm going to give account to God for that in terms of this role. We all will give an account to God for the life and, and, and stewarding what God has given. And so when I, when I approach this text, for me, it's a really serious text. So I like preaching fun stuff. This one's serious, and so you gotta, we have to consider it seriously. We're meant to. And I give an account to God before that. So once again, um, I don't choose which, I mean, I, I look at, there's so many things in life you can't explain, but in the end, I, as I pull out, I go, I trust God for this day, what he's chosen this day, and then I was supposed to receive this, whether I liked it or not. He brought it to me. And it is there to accomplish good in my life. And if I respond to it, well, it also accomplished glory to him. It's true, with, it's true with this. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it in that kind of a way um, here today. But I wonder this in terms of giving accounts to God. Am, am I to assume that everybody who hears a text preached, whether it's Sawyer or New Buffalo or online, am I assume, to assume that every single person is going to be in the kingdom of heaven? I'm not sure that's a good assumption. And when you read this text, what you'll see at one point is Jesus talks about it. Everyone's hearing him. But they're not all responding in the same way. Or how about this one? 
Um, I think, you know, probably, probably around here, I don't know everybody, but, but probably most of us, or maybe even all of us would say, I love Jesus. So is that enough for being in the kingdom of heaven? When you read this text, I think it's, it's pretty disturbing because I don't think that's what that is in there. That's not me, by the way. I won't. <laughs> so I've been thinking about that for a couple weeks. So before I read the text, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you two things. If you do two things for me, one's for now, one's for later. Would you, would you have a Bible open? I know a lot of us, we do this here and that's okay. This is not bad. It's just a tool. But at, so take, if you don't have one, there's, there's these copies around, take one of those. Cause I want you to, the thing about a, a Bible open, like you can see the whole thing and I want you to see the whole thing on, on this. You can just scroll through and just see little pieces. There's connections along here. I want you to see, and I give you permission. Even if it's not in your Bible, you can underline words. You can connect words. Oh, he said that here. He said that here. I think it helps us really unpack the whole thing. And um, so that's, that's my ask for now. Just have it open. Have it open the whole time. I'll project some things. There's other things I won't project. Um, but I want you to see it. Second ask is, would you do this? <clears throat> this week, sometime, take 30 minutes and go back and read this text again thinking about it and simply asking the Lord this question. Lord, what would you say to me about me? What would you say to me about me? And um, I'm just trusting that God will speak to us is the way he knows how to do best. Okay. All right. I've thought about a couple of ways to do this. I'm going to, so I'm going to read this now. Um, it's been our habit more recently to stand up during the reading. If that is distracting to you, you have permission to not stand up. But the reason why we've done that is when we stand, we're, we're giving honor to say, this is God's word read, and we're, we're, we're separating that in a different sense from the preaching part of it. So uh, if you'd stand with me as I give reading to Matthew 7, verses 13 to 27. Let me say this. In many ways, this is his calling us to respond to the rest of the sermon that he's already preached. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. He says that twice. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire, thus you'll recognize them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who's in heaven. On that day, what's that day? That's judgment, right? Jesus returns. On that day, many, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name. 
And then will I declare to them, I, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Let's pray. Oh Lord, I know so little. But I trust you. I trust that you have designed this word for us today. You know each one of us. You know us better than we even know ourselves. So I ask this in this moment. I ask that you would speak and that we would listen and that we would respond. You do that now, and you do that throughout the week. And we'll trust you for that. In the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. Okay, I've thought a lot of ways about how to do this. Um, So some of you have been with us the whole time, and we started this sermon a long time ago, as far as Matthew 5 goes. So this is, I think at this point, he's getting to the response. Uh, we've got these four scenes that come along. I think they connect together. Um, very, they're going someplace with it. But let me do this because I think, it's, I think if we see this call to response without going back and remembering some of the sermon, I think we're going we're gonna to miss something. So let me just call this out to our memory. So he starts the whole thing with, uh, he's got his disciples seated. He, he's sitting up on the hill and he's saying, Blessed are you. And, I, and when he used that word blessed, I think what he's describing is, here's the people of the kingdom. You're, you're, you're blessed when, when this is happening to you. And he uses descriptions that's very unlike what they're used to. And he says, um, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn for the be comforted. I'm not talking about people just walk on sad, crying all the day. He's talking about they, they mourn over their own sin and the sin, you know, the sin out here, but they will be comforted by the comfort of Jesus. Blessed are those who are meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the merciful. He's describing a people that doesn't, they don't sound powerful. He's describing the people of the kingdom that come into There's different things going on in our life. He's talking about a change within us. And he goes on from there and he's describing the righteousness of the Pharisees, which is very much outward, very religious. But he says, no, this is, my kingdom's going to come within you. And so he says, you've heard it said, but I say to you, you've heard it said, you know, don't commit murder. I don't commit murder. I'm, I'm better than those guys. But you get angry with somebody and that anger has murdered them in your heart. You heard it say, don't commit adultery. I'm going to stay faithful. But you've lusted in your heart. And he pulls out all these things. And he, he calls us to forgive and to love our enemies. Who in their right mind would do that? Jesus. <laughs> Only him. He says, 
Beware of practicing your righteousness before men to be seen by men. Okay, we all struggle with that. We all struggle with the fact that people see us. We know they see us. So how am I acting? Do I raise my hand? Do I, what, you know, we, everybody struggles with that part of this. But he's calling it out in terms of the Pharisees. Don't, not that way. Because your father sees you. He, he knows you. He, he sees in secret. He talks about it with giving. He talks about it with praying. He talks about it with fasting. Your father actually knows what you need before you ask. So why should I ask? Because he wants you to talk to him. He's calling us to, the kingdom has this walk with Jesus, a walk with God. It's not all this outward stuff. It's, it's something inward, but it has a manifestation in our life. So then in the prayer, I mean, in the Lord's, he talks about, Lord, forgive us as we've forgiven others. Our forgiveness of others is always a response to his forgiveness of him, uh, his forgiveness of us. We would never forgive anybody it's based on what they deserve. It's only as we realize how much we've received in his forgiveness that we will forgive. And if you look at someone else, do they deserve it? The answer is always no. Neither do we. And if we understand it here, it's this change that happens. I didn't deserve the grace that we've just sung over what he's done. So it comes to others. It's the kingdom coming within us. This is what he says, the, the whole judgmental don't be judgmental in others. Why, why, why are you looking at the speck in their eye when you got the log in your own? Take care of this one first. What do, you, what do you see? You see another's flaws all the time? Or is it what you wish others would do to you, you do to them? Is that what you see? The opportunities to do, to do good to others because of the good that we've received from him. You can come and ask the Father if you're evil and you know how to do good things. Yes, ask the Father. He'll do this in you. He wants to. It's all this that he said before, as well as the troubles of this world, all the cares of life that we all get stuck with paying bills and schedules and pressures and work and all that. So don't be laying up for yourselves treasure in heaven. Treasure, treasure on earth laid up here. Orient right this way. Man, he knows us. And he's called us this way. And here's the, here's the response as he goes on. So there's four scenes. Um, I think they're all connected. And they talk about how we will, how are we or not going to respond to Jesus? So the first one is about these two gates. Let me read it again. Two verses. Enter by the narrow gate for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many, but the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. So note, if you got this all in one slide or, or a couple, the contrast that I put up. There you go. Awesome. Thank you. Two gates. Pretty simple. Oh, so if this is distracting, don't look at it. What I want you to do is to imagine this. That's what Jesus, he's painting a picture. Okay. There's this really wide gate. It's like a highway. It's, it's, it's wide. And over in the corner, there's this little in, in the, it's this little teeny one. It's a little narrow gate. And in this wide gate, I mean, it's super easy. Path is smooth. Um, have any, any of you ever done hiking out west? Anybody hike the Grand Canyon? Anybody do Grand Canyon? Okay. So Grand Canyon, you go, oh, it's a hard hike. It's, it's a ramp. It's so much easier than hiking Yosemite where you're climbing stuff, you know. It's a ramp. That's why they do ramps. Ramps are easy. It's, it's, a wide, it's, it's easy. 
This one over here, it's hard. I don't know if that means the steps are just level, or it's cobblestone, step, but this one's hard, and you can't even hardly see it. It's narrow. This one's wide. It's like a ramp. It's, I don't know if it's a conveyor belt, this is, but there's, it's a parade of people going on it. Massive group of people. Many. Few. And there's one more description. Destination. He didn't say death. He says destruction. Life. Now, can I ask you something? Destruction. Life. Which one do you want? That's not like a hard question, right? Why is there many going on this one? So what? It's, it's destruction. Why is that? Because they don't see it. They don't know it's destruction. Maybe they've heard it. They don't believe it. And you don't have to think to do this. You have to think at all. Just go with it. I mean, just, this, is the, this is where we all go. This one here, this one's, you can miss it. You can't even see it. It's narrow. You might not see it. And it's hard. There's not that many people. It's like every once in a while. So you don't even see him. That's the picture he's painting here. Now, that's the descriptor. Destination, life, or destruction, which one do you want? What does Jesus say? Someone tell me, what's the very first word that he says in this passage? Say it loud. You got got your Bibles open still. Here it is. What's the first word? That was not loud enough. What's the first word? Enter. Enter. Enter the narrow gate. So he says, enter the narrow gate before he even describes the gate. How should we hear that? So all these, I want to say, each one of these scenes, they're very serious scenes. But Jesus doesn't leave it with simply description. Here's what's happening. He's calling us in a particular way. So he starts off saying, enter the narrow gate, for he's even described it. So he's the one that tells us, this one's going to life, that one's going to destruction. No one else believes that. That's where they're going... But he's, enter the narrow gate. So why we should hear that is, this is actually Jesus' love to us, telling us what's actually true. And we may not see it. Because all we see is the many. All we see is easy. Don't you want easy in your life? I do. If I get a choice, I'm always picking easy. Why would I pick hard? You can say no pain, no gain. I say that all the time when I'm working out, but I don't believe it. I don't like it. <laughs> I'll pick this one, right? It's hard, this one. But this is Jesus' path. And let me say that it's, good. it's a good path and it's life. And you can't get there unless he's calling it, unless you respond to him. It's a good path. It's a good door. It's a good gate. That's his description. But I want to see after the description, go back to what he says is enter the narrow gate. And if you don't heed Jesus' call to enter the narrow one, then you're traveling with the many. That's how it'll be. So which will it be for you? The hard one? It's a narrow gate. You might not see it. Because everyone else is going through that bigger one. There's so many people that's hard to see. But that's his call. And I would say, following Jesus is hard, but it's good, and there's life. It is beyond you. He, you can't do it without him doing things in you. I would say that's beautiful. Because <laughs> then you know it's him. That's what, that's what worship comes out of, is that. So we might end this section going like, well, how do, I enter the, how do I enter the narrow gate? He didn't say more, but I think each of these are connected. Let's go to scene two. 
Call this one, this is, uh, this is the two trees and false teachers. I'll read it again. Beware of false teachers who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. That's very similar to the path of destruction. Thus you'll recognize them by their fruits. So it begins with the command then, right? What's, what's the first word? Give it to me. Beware. Beware of false prophets. So I think this is helpful in terms of the two gates. Now, what's he talking about? So again, we've got, the, we've got the Pharisees. He's definitely distinguishing their voice and what they're doing in terms of what he's teaching. But I would say this also in terms of false prophets. Um, there have been, since the, in the last days, which began when Jesus returned to heaven, we're in the last days, there are many false prophets. There, there are many that teach, but here's the picture he gets. So he says they're disguised as, as sheep, but in reality, they are devouring wolves. That is they will devour you. So get the picture. Probably few of us have seen a wolf other than it's in a zoo. So that doesn't count. That's hardly a ravenous, that's a tame wolf, you know. Maybe you've seen a rabid dog, big dog. That you don't like, that's probably as close as we get. But what he says is that's not what you see. What you see is this cute little sheep. It looks like a sheep like you want to pet. That's the picture. They don't, they don't look like wolves. They look harmless. He's describing these false teachers, and what he says is you'll recognize them by their fruit. I think that's a very important, he says it twice, it's an important distinction. So we all get the, the tree and the fruit. I mean, it's used throughout Scripture that the, the type of tree will produce a certain kind of fruit. Good tree is good fruit, and he uses all the analogies in, in all this. So we go like, okay, what's the fruit then? I'm supposed to recognize them by their fruit. What's the fruit? Is it, is it success in ministry? Uh, commonly in our culture, that's what people in churches will say. Man, this one's successful. And we go that way without distinguishing what's going on. So what's the fruit then if it's not success in ministry? I would suggest to you, if we consider the whole sermon, he's been talking to us about that. I would suggest to you, I'd I go right back to the doorway, the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who are merciful. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Is that, is that, is that what's evidence? Is that what's seen? That's, that's fruit. That's something that God does. That's happening within a person. That's real change. I would suggest the fruit he's talking about is there. So uh, we were on vacation, and uh, as most of you know, the, how we're wired differently, I was introduced to many friends of Cindy's that she had met like two minutes earlier. Um, <laughs> along the way, we're going, this is, this is seriously true. We're walking by, oh, that guy's drunk. Can we just keep walking? You know, and he goes like, hey, sit down here. I'm like, I am 10 steps past him before anything. She's, Sit down. She said, I'm not going to go back. What am I going to do? 
leave it with a drunk guy, you know, <laughs> go back. And, so we had, we had bunches of encounters with these different people on this island, and um, they all got different stories. It's, it's interesting, all these different stories. So, um, but they all had something similar in them. So one of the guys, he was, he was a son of a minister. And so, you know, he, he, you know, he loves Jesus, you know. <laughs> he's a good man. He's a good example. I'm, I'm really, he also swore more than anybody that I'd been with in a long time. Uh, and I'm not sure it was entirely the alcohol. Uh, but he, you know, because he martyred himself. I'm so mad at him. Well, that's not the word he said. And da-da-da-da. And all this. And um, other guys had different stories and different reasons for their story. But, but here's what was interesting about them all. So they, well, they would... Even if they were an atheist and said they're an atheist, they'd say they're spiritual. But every story came down to basically this. They had adopted a philosophy in life, and I don't know, they picked from all kinds of things. And this is their philosophy. Interesting, a couple of them were homeless, so I was wondering how that was working for them, but they thought it was pretty good. They had this philosophy, and they were convinced of it. And you weren't going to move them from it. And basically at all of them, it was like, I'm right. I've done all this reading, got all this stuff, and basically, I am my own God. So I've thrown all these other, there was, there was definitely in that, not more than an aversion to listening to God's word. There was a just rejection of it. It was, this is me. False teachers, false prophets, they're all out there. And we all consume something of them. I mean, it, it is impossible to not on any media source, even whatever the good ones are. It just, it just is. But here's what I'm going to say. In terms of this, this particular thing, when he talks about them, what's our response to that? Two things. Beware of and recognize. You will recognize them by their fruits. Therefore, what I'd say to us, we, we, need, to be, we need to discern what we're listening to and what we believe. Okay? Because in that that wide gate, it's just swallowing everything. And there's a lot of stuff that just is, it's, if it's not here, if it's not rooted here, I'm just saying, you can ask me about any question, the first place we end up going, to, what does God's word say about this? It doesn't matter if I like what God's word says about it. I got to come back and measure it there. And I, I, I just find it, well, let me say this way. The wolf looks harmless. <laughs> it makes sense to people. It's a wide way. It's where everybody's going. So he's, he's warned us that way. Adopting the wrong stuff, it'll, it'll kill you. It'll kill you. Scene three, I call this, I thought I was in. This is the one that I always, I remember reading this as a youth, and it just it's troubling, and it should be. I read it and make some comments. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who's in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name? Did we not do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness." Clearly, this is about entrance into the kingdom. He uses the same kind of language. On that day is clearly also judgment day, referring to Jesus' return. So here's a question people often ask about this. Is he referring to the false prophets? He's just talked about them. Watch out for them. And then he says, not everyone who says all these things are going to enter the kingdom. Is that who he's talking about? 
exclusively. It is what he's talking about, but he's also talking about the two gates, the wide and narrow. So I think he has both in mind, those who are teachers, and he has us all in mind. It's not everyone who says to me. So we're there. Here's what's troubling. Evidently, these are people that would all say, I love Jesus. They're not atheists. Well, Lord, Lord, I, evidently that's, that's so. And the other thing that's troubling is he, he says it's many, which is, he's paralleling that with this wide gate. That, that's troubling, isn't it? On that day, many will say to me, Lord, and he's got these three things. Did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name? Did we not do mighty works in your name? Now that's troubling to me. Why? Because whatever they're doing, this is, this is ministry. They're doing it in Jesus' name. And I said, I did this. So it appears as if they think they're ministering for Jesus. And, and the Lord, Lord appears, they'd say, I love Jesus. And then he says, I never knew you. He didn't say you forsook me. He says, I never knew you. So I read that. I'm rocked. I go like, what did, what did, what did they miss? What am I missing? Didn't that one strike you? I, I think it's supposed to. What'd they miss? Oh, it's actually right here in the text. Well, they go back to verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But, here's but, here's who does. The one who does the will of my Father who's in heaven. I just think about that for a moment. The one who does the will of my Father in heaven. What is he getting at there? I think he's going right deep down into the bones and right deep down into the heart again. I think you can do religious things for all the wrong reasons. I mean, clearly that's what's going on, right? These guys, these guys were deceived. They, they, they think this is all good. I don't know. How many of you cast out demons or done miracles? Maybe there's a lot of you. I, I haven't done any of those things. I'm like, these guys must be better than me. It's not what Jesus says. But they are self-deceived. And that one's always stunning to me. Religious people who are doing things in Jesus' name and say, I love Jesus. And he goes, I never knew you. How can that be? Well, who enters the kingdom? The one who does the will of my Father who's in heaven. So think with me for a moment. Here's here's what I, I want to go back and ask. Here it is. Is that what I want? Is, do I want it? Is that what I want? Do I want to do the will of my Father? I think we got that on a slide, Evie. Do I want the will of my Father or do I want my will? Honestly, when I pray, sometimes I'm praying my will, not his will, right? So, so dig down to this. There's not condemnation here, but we have to discern. We're asking God's help to discern our hearts. Understand, there's inconsistency in all of us. But here's what it comes at. So no one's going to measure this and go like, I do this all the time. I'm, I'm, I'm right. I'm, what we should be reflecting on is where do I not get this right, Lord? And the Lord will help us. Ask and he'll answer. You seek, you knock, he'll open the door. That's, that's right there in chapter seven. So don't be fearful there. But we should ask this. Do I really want what he wants or do I want what I want? Now I go back and I read this sermon again. I want justice so much. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the peacemakers. Do you know what they did to me? 
pray for those who persecute you. Love your enemies. That's not theory. That's not hyperbole. And you can't do it unless the Lord is, it's been, there is a humbling in yourself. It's been happening. Blessed are the merciful, the merciful. One of the problems with religious people is many times they look down on others. They think they're better than others because I'm, I'm following Jesus and you're not. I look at your life. It's a mess. So of course you're on the, on, on the wide way, but the wide way includes those who say, Lord, Lord. So we got to be going, Lord, man, where I miss this, do this in me. Do I want what he wants or do I want what I want? Some, so it's honest to pray, Lord, I want to want what you want. That's an honest prayer. And if it's really true, pray it. Because you can't do it. He'll do that in you. And he taught us to come to our Heavenly Father and, and pray how? Lord, would your kingdom come and would your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Would your will be done in my life just like it is in heaven? Lord, would your will be done in, in my marriage like it is in heaven? Your will, meaning... I, I would want what you want in the way I must love my spouse or forgive or the way in which I would speak when I, I, I want the kingdom to come in here. I, I want that kind of a change. I really do. It is, it's a hard road. It's really narrow. You might not see it, but it is to life, a real life, a walking with him that is unbelievable. A walking with him, it's unbelievable because it's change happening in you that he does and you know it's him. And, and honestly, he didn't get here in this passage. That's what makes us worship him because <laughs> we know it's not us. We know it's him. And we know when we fail, there's grace. And we know that he's this desires to follow him that we wouldn't have if he didn't. So I got to ask that, do I want what he wants? And he prays that way in the garden, doesn't he? experiencing an angst. None of us have experienced this kind of trouble. What he's going to and where he comes to this father, if there is any other way, would you let this cup pass? Any, three times he prays it. I don't know what you have. But a lot of people have some really big things. They're hard to bear. He, he said, if there's any other way, nevertheless, not what I will but what you will. It's the very thing he's calling to us. How, who's entering the kingdom? He says, it's the one who does the will of my father. And all I'd say about this section is there are plenty of religious people that what they do, it's more about them than actually about Jesus, even though they're saying they're doing it in Jesus' name. And that might be us. So we just ask God, if that's so in me, would you help me see it? And then I'll repent of it. There's grace in that way. I got it. Okay. That, one's, that one is the... Scene, th scene four, <clears throat> foundation. I'll read it quick. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does, the oh, let me say this. I'm going to read it. Listen for what, so he's got these two foundations. Listen for what they both do and then what they don't do. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been found on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rains fell, the floods came, winds blew, beat against that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. 
Okay, this one's not too difficult. Rock and sand, we get that. We know which one it's smarter to build on. A two-year-old knows that. And they can you know, pick up a bunch of sand. It goes through their hands. Hold a rock. They know which one's more stable. So we get the analogy. But we say in that, what's the difference? How about this? What do they both do? Do you catch it? What do they both do? They both build. What else they do? They both hear. They both hear Jesus' words. So they're both building, and they're both hearing, but one of them hears and responds to what Jesus says. That's the wise one, building the rock. The other one hears, they do nothing with it. They just keep moving along that, that, that wide old road. What it does, it, it is difficult. But they're going to walk through difficult because Jesus is calling them that way, and they're going to, they're going to go that way, no matter what it is. That's the difference. They both hear. One responds with obedience, and the other one doesn't respond. Now, let me say this. <clears throat> so Sometimes some people get confused about faith and works and where that is. So our works don't save us. We can't ever do enough. But let me say this. How we, how we respond in obedience, that's works, good works. How we respond in obedience evidences the faith that's within it's an evidence of that. So sometimes we use the word of faith-filled obedience. Okay, so the obedience he calls to, understand this. You don't have it all figured out. You don't have to. He's calling you in a way. Let's say it's a, someone who's a difficult person and there's a way you're supposed to respond to them in the way Jesus teaches. You, you, you can respond in faith when you still have doubts. You can respond in faith when you still worry. You can f- respond in faith when you're still struggling with things. He's not asking for you to have it all figured out. He's asking you to trust the one who does. How many things in our life do we not have figured out? That's the way life is. That's the journey it is. But faith is, is taking that step of obedience. What he would call us to do, what he's right to do, that feels impossible, trusting him. And friends, that's freeing. I mean, it really is freeing. Because I'm trusting him and I'm trusting me. What that also does is the days of victory, you're just rejoicing. You're just like, Lord, I can't believe what you did. Um, I got a bunch of tangents in my mind on that one. It's good for us to go back and reflect on a day and just think what the Lord did. It's really good for us to do that. But he says here, <clears throat> the one who's wise, it's everyone who hears these words of mine and does them. And when he says that, I think he's thinking the whole sermon. Okay. All right. We're done. Let me summarize with this. We get to the end. How should we respond? This is not a response where we should be afraid unless it's a fear that wakes us up. Like, I don't know where I am. It it is a serious consideration. And let me just say it this way. If you don't receive these verses seriously, then I want to say to you in all love, but in seriousness, you're probably on the on that head, headed toward the, the wide gate. But there's time. So I'm going to go back to my second ask as we began. I just ask you to simply go back this week at a time it's good for you, whenever that is. Take 30 minutes or more. Read it. Think about it. And ask the Lord, Lord, what would you have 
to say to me about me? And listen to him. And then do it. It'll be good. Let's pray. Father, this isn't the message that I would have chosen to preach this day. It's the one you've given. So I'll ask this again as we often ask God. I ask that you would help us hear you in this. You'd give us ears that would desire to hear you. And I, I ask, Father, that you'd be, you'd be merciful to anybody that is resistant. And you'd open our ears and we'd respond as would be good for us. This we ask in the name of Jesus, our Savior, our brother, our friend, and our King, we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. Make sure you come back next week to hear the next message in our series.